welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here today, part two, a two-parter of preparing for a TV set. Last episode, episode 235, if you haven't heard that, you want to go back and listen to that because I talk about all the things that led up to recording a set that I did recently for a TV taping. And in a second, I'll play you the set, and then I'll kind of break down my thought process for putting those particular jokes in the set. Episode 235 was all about just generally preparing for a, a set. But this is specifically this set and how uh, I kind of orchestrated it. So that is what we're doing right around the corner. I did want to say a quick thanks to our Patreon supporter for this episode, Kevin Hardy. Thanks, Kevin. Been with me for a long time here on the uh, Patreon. If you look back, I think it's been all the way since uh, August of 2016. So I appreciate your continued support and hope you're still getting things out of the podcast. And uh, I enjoyed uh, your homework that you sent me through the courses over the years. So hope all's well there, buddy. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and jump into this one again. Episode 235 sets this episode up. So feel free to go back and listen to that. But if you haven't, here is the set and I'll break it down after. Here we go. From Nashville, Tennessee, would you please welcome Rick Roberts. All righty. Welcome out, everybody. Hope you're doing good. Oh, shoot, I got to start my contact tracing app. All right. Make sure Bill Gates knows what I'm up to here tonight. So, Well, I hope you're healthy and well. I'm not sure if I'm healthy or not. This morning, I stopped by for a COVID-19 test just on a whim. And I live way out in the county. I don't think we're doing it right. Our test was multiple choice. So I circled B, and they gave me a Merle Haggard CD. So I'm supposed to listen to that by myself for 14 days and then set myself free. Well, at least the vaccines are rolling out, and uh, I don't think everybody's on board. My friend Gary, has he wants nothing to do with it. He's like, man, you got to be careful about what you put into your body. I'm like, all right, Gary, put down the Red Bull and slice me another slab of that baking cake, all right? <laughs> I'll eat it in front of the mirror so I can watch what I'm putting in my body, just like you. But then it dawned on me, if we want every American to get involved and get on board with this vaccine, we just got to make it edible, right? Deep fry it. Slather it with icing, make it shaped like a rifle. <laughs> Just go ahead and put it in foods. That's what we need. Put it in foods we're already eating too much of. Give it to McDonald's. They got the drive-through, you know. Swing by there, get a Big Mac and a side of Pfizer fries on the way out, you know. Maybe you're a morning person. Get a Moderna McMuffin. That's what I say. I guarantee you that people will be fighting over. Be the, that's the last one. That's my McDermott McMuffin. McDermott, come on. And to make sure it runs smoothly, we put Paula Dean in charge of the whole operation. She'd be great. So we're going to prep the area here with a stick of butter. Right. Put a little blue bonnet on it. And we're going to inject the vaccine with a big old turkey baster. <laughs> Get the old Paula Dean COVID-19 vaccine. That's what I want. Sign me up right away. I don't know. I think people, you know, everybody's trying to do what they're supposed to do, but some people just don't like masks at all. Like, I was outside of a Walmart. I was getting ready to put a mask on the other day. About five steps away from getting in there, I walk in. This lady's right in front of my face. It's like, sir, you don't have to wear those things outside. It ain't a good look, and it ain't doing nothing for you. 
I took a step back, looked at her wearing a pajama top and socks and Crocs. Right back at you, ma'am. You don't have to be wearing that outside. That ain't a good look and it ain't doing nothing for you. I mean, put on some pants. This ain't a Zoom call. What do you think's going on right here? Karen. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind wearing a mask. My wife actually told me I look better when I have one on. Yeah, it took me a few days to realize what she's really saying. <laughs> the less of your face I see, the more I like it. <laughs> yeah, the people, I tell you though, everybody's doing what they can. I saw this company here in Nashville. They're, they're making hand sanitizer out of CBD oil. Have you heard about this? I don't know if it actually kills the germs or just makes them really confused. <laughs> what are we supposed to be doing now? Where's the nachos? What's the number for Grubhub? Uh, it's just so weird. This virus affects everybody and everything differently. I read where two gorillas in the San Diego Zoo came down with COVID-19. That just proves that quarantining alone ain't going to stop the virus. They've been in the same pen together since 1978. <laughs> but then I started thinking, shout out to the zookeeper who had to stick that Q-tip up an ape's nostril. <laughs> I hope they still have their arm. <laughs> Even the crocodile hunter's going, ah, I'm going to pass on that swab job, you know. I don't know, man. People are afraid of catching it on an airplane. I think that's the best place you could catch the virus. You know, you get shortness of breath, you just push that button, oxygen mask pops right on down. <laughs> I'm a problem solver. Yeah, there's all kinds of things going on out there. And we have a, had to learn so much new terminology this year. Even my third graders picked up on it. The other day I said, hey, what are you doing there, honey? It's like we're doing homework, but what does the term non-essential mean? I'm like, oh, well... It's something that's nice to have, but you don't have to have it. She goes, oh, I get it, like your hair. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, or your college fund. <laughs> hey, y'all been a lot of fun. Thanks for putting up with me tonight. Take care and stay safe, everybody. So that was the set. I was happy with it, especially with 50 people in the audience and with trying a good chunk of new material out inside the set including the opening jokes, uh, the two lines up front. I'm very pleased that they got last up front, but stopping right as I started and saying, hey, let me start my contact tracing app. Uh, Bill Gates needs to know what I'm up to tonight. That I thought of like three days beforehand. I was kind of going over opening lines and I wanted to make sure I had something nice and quick. And I wasn't sure if it was going to work. I thought with this audience who, uh, you know, some of them are on the extreme side and I think that they're putting chips in our uh, tracking chips into our vaccine, <laughs> vaccines and stuff like that. And they're also fed up with everything that I thought that joke would translate to them. And also going back to what I said earlier, it kind of gives them a little point of view that, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I'm trying to play by the rules. I'm trying to figure it out with you guys. Now, that might be over assuming that they get that. And I don't expect them to get it from the very beginning. But that sets up kind of where this set's going. We're going to talk about COVID and I'm just trying to get through it. And the other thing I'll say about that joke is, for the three days I was practicing it, I kept say, saying contract tracing app, contract, because I'm dyslexic and I've got speech impediment problems. So I had to really focus on saying contact tracing app. And that, there's several points in this set where I had to really focus on what I was saying because the words got a little trippy. Um, so right out of the gate, I took a little risk with the new opener, but I got two laughs inside the first uh, 12, 13 seconds. And that's what I'm looking for when I'm doing a TV taping.
The next joke that followed up was uh, the joke about our COVID-19 test out in the county or multiple choice. And that's that's a joke I had done uh, several times over the pandemic, and it always kind of got a chuckle. I added a tagline on this set that I had never done before, where I said, um, after I said it, you know, I guessed B, and they gave me a Merle Haggard CD. I added the tagline, I've got to listen to it for 14 days by myself before I go free again. And that's basically just alluding to the fact that, again, I don't know how to handle myself during this pandemic, but I'm quarantining with this CD for 14 days because that seems what a guy from the county should do. And also, it sets up my point of view. I'm a guy who lives out in the county. I'm not a city guy. I'm kind of a country guy. Without saying that, I just kind of let him know I'm out in the county. So that was the the second joke, and it got the laughs I was looking for and happy with that. Then the next chunk of material was the, the chunk that I really wanted to get out of this taping, uh, something fresh that hasn't been out there yet that I haven't released and, and honestly hadn't thought of that much before this recording. I had, like I say, 10 days or so to get ready for it. And I kind of started writing this bit about my friend Gary uh, didn't want to put anything in his body, you know, that he didn't know what it was. And just make fun of the fact that he's putting all this other stuff in his body. And I, I wrestled over what the drink and the candy or the snack should be. And I settled on Red Bull and uh, baking cake and baking cake. If you've taken my classes, you know exactly why I said that combination of words. It's got a nice to sound to it, right? And it's it's something that a, a heavier guy would be eating, baking cake. And so I put Red Bull in front of that. Thought about sweet tea. It, whatever I was going to put there wasn't going to get a laugh. I just wanted it to flow. So I was kind of putting the Red Bull in there because Gary uh, is kind of an aggressive dude. Nobody knows that but me, but it kind of fits him. And when he sees the set, he'll get a kick out of it. So, um, okay, Gary, put down the Red Bull and pass me a slice of that bacon cake. I like the way that rang out. And then Gary had said, you know, you got to watch what you put in your body. So I just said, I'll sit in front of a mirror and watch what I put in front of my body when I eat it. And so those two tags uh, obviously are new because the whole bit's new. And so I thought, okay, if this is the case, and this is a big part of writing comedy for me, if this, then what? And this is a, I call it transfer of logic, um, but it's conditional logic is what it is. If this is true, then this also must be true. And so where I took it was, if Gary's not worried about what he eats, but he's afraid of the vaccine, then we need to put the vaccine into food. And that gave me this next little piece of material where I talk about, hey, why don't we just put it in foods that we're already eating too much of? Let's put it in the McDonald's fries, make some Pfizer fries and the Moderna McMuffins. And these two jokes I was thinking of, I mean, I came up with two days before the taping. So hadn't tried them out anywhere. You know, I ran them by my wife and kids and just they kind of got a little chuckle. But I thought the alliteration in Moderna McMuffin and Pfizer fries would be enough to get a laugh. And it was, and I was happy with that. And, um, you know, that kind of made that bit pop a little bit. So I've got a couple good laughs in there. I've got the bacon cake. I've got the Moderna fry, Moderna McMuffin. I've got the Pfizer fries. And then obviously, if this, then that, again, conditional logic, if we are going to put it in food, we need to have somebody who's in charge of doing this and making sure it happens. So I didn't reference uh, Fauci. I had some lines I thought of maybe doing, but I just kind of left him out of it. And I thought, you know, international TV show, TBN goes out to every country in the world, basically. Um, what's the easiest reference I can make? And so McDonald's was the one. If I was here in Nashville, I'd probably just make it Waffle House or Cracker Barrel. But since this was a TV taping and I wanted to make sure people across the globe could relate to the bit, I just made it 
something that would be distributed by McDonald's. So that's why you get the the Moderna McMuffin. And that's my Moderna McMuffin McDernit. I thought that would just sound kind of funny and have a good rhythm to it. And it worked, so I was happy about that. And then again, putting somebody in charge of it, McDonald's, but overseeing the whole thing would be Paula Dean. And Paula Dean's we know is a southern cook. She puts butter on everything. She's also pretty irresponsible. So putting her in charge to me was just a, a good logical comedic choice. But, you know, she prepped the area with a stick of butter. Then I started thinking about all the different butters. I can't believe it's not butter. Went through that whole rigmarole and decided to tag it with a, put a little blue bonnet on it. Again, I like the rhyme a little bit and it's something that she would say. And then I went overboard visual with the injecting the vaccine with a turkey baster. Uh, if you listen really close, you can hear a guy groan a little bit like that was a little bit too visual for him. But I just thought it's America. We go overboard with all this stuff, you know, again, and, and making it shaped like a rifle. That was another thing that I thought was a very American thing to say. So even though this is an international TV show, my audience primarily is Americans and the people who are outside of America would laugh at hopefully me making fun of Americans. So that's a lot Right, and that a lot of meta stuff going on right there for a couple of quick jokes, but that's how I processed it. I wanted to share it with you. And the next joke was all about the the mask lady, uh, the Walmart mask lady. I, I just call that joke Crocs and socks. Um, and it's basically it's a little loosely based on my mother in law who wears socks and Crocs and is a little over the top right wing sometimes. And so I just envisioned her in this particular bit when I wrote it, and had fun with the fact that. She's up in my face telling me I shouldn't wear a mask and all this stuff outside. And then I look back at what she's wearing, and she's wearing socks, Crocs, and pajama tops, and she probably shouldn't be wearing that outside either. It was a nice way to get back at somebody who got in my face, uh, figuratively and literally. But it's sometimes, it's a device I use in comedy. If I want to make fun of somebody or something, I can't just come out and attack them right away. They need to say something to me so I have the green light to come back at them. So you could probably do this joke differently and not set it up the same way I did. But for the way I do comedy, I like to be um, reactionary sometimes. So I need to have somebody. And it brings a character in. She's got a little bit of a voice and an attitude. And I can step back and kind of put her in her place. But I couldn't do that unless she tried to put me in my place first. So and then as they were laughing, it just popped in my head to call the lady Karen and that got a chuckle. Um, it just, I didn't plan on saying that, but it just worked out that way. So went with that joke and um, translated from there or segued from that joke into the joke about my wife th- saying that I look better with a mask. Initially, that, that joke should have been before this Karen joke, the Crocs and socks. But I got a little, I guess, turned around on stage. Didn't even realize that I did until after I watched the set. But that one came out of order. Didn't really matter. Um, I would have preferred that it came right before so I could have set it up a little bit and um, and do that because I, I had a, a callback to that joke, basically. If I could have said, my wife said it looked better in a mask and then done the Karen joke at the end of the Karen joke, I would have said, and by the way, you look better with a mask. And that was going to be a quick callback. I did it out of order so I couldn't do the callback. It's a fluid thing. It's a moving target. Didn't quite come up with it. Then the next joke was about the CBD hand sanitizer, which is a joke that came out pretty early in the pandemic. And I did it a few times in front of this audience and then hadn't done it uh, in a long time. So I I knew from previous experience that it should get a laugh. And I just uh, messed around with some of the taglines on it a little bit and added a little bit of freshness on that in case they had heard it. I'd still surprise them with the uh, last couple of punchlines about, you know, what's the number for Grubhub? Uh, whatever else I said right before that. 
And uh, I was happy with the way that joke worked. And what I really liked about that joke is it's, it's a short one. And I needed two or three short ones before I got to my main closing joke, which is also a short one, but I slowed down a little bit on it. And that's the one where my daughter says that my hair is not essential. So I wanted three topical things, three things from the news that I could do. And so the CBD let us off. And then that moved on into the gorilla joke, which I like that one a lot. Uh, I'd only told that once before, and I liked it. It got a decent, a really decent reaction on the part about swabbing or putting the Q-tip up the the ape's nostril, and I hadn't done that before. And I I messed around for two or three days. Like, do I say, you know, how do I say? It? Is it his nose? Is it his nostril? Is it you know? I went. Is it an ape or is it a gorilla at this point in the joke? What should I say? And ape's nostril is the best thing I could come up with. It's it just sounds interesting. Uh, but I'm sure in the next week I'll get an email or somebody will tell me or I'll think of a better way that I could have phrased that. But I just like the idea of, of somebody putting a Q-tip all the way up an ape's nostril to test it for COVID. And uh, that did get a good reaction. People could visualize that. And then I thought, well, you know, you'd have to be pretty tough or pretty crazy. And then it made me think of the crocodile hunter. Obviously, I didn't want to do a big crocodile hunter thing or the voice even. But I thought that, you know. Yeah, even the crocodile hunter would turn down this swab job. And I like swab job because it sounds kind of rude. Then the the lesser of the three jokes was the airplane or the, uh, you know, it's the best place to get COVID. The oxygen mask pops right on down. It's really just one punchline and probably could have left that out of the set now that I look back at it. But I kind of want that, that really flow of three things right there. Here's three little examples from the news before I get into the non-essential joke at the end, which does slow things down a little bit. The setup is still a little bit longer than all my other setups, but I do like the turn where my daughter slams me for not having much hair. Then I slam her for potentially not having a college fund at the end. And I thought that was a nice place to wrap it up. So that's the set. You probably have funnier jokes. Maybe you like the set. I don't know. I was happy with it, and it's going to serve me down the road for what I was doing. But it did everything that I said in the front. I, I knew what the audience was. I knew what I wanted to use the clips and what jokes I wanted to put in there. I practiced them. I got them to where I felt comfortable. I only tripped on my words maybe once or twice, which for a dyslexic guy who had to go to a special school to get his speech impediment under control, uh, super happy with that. So there you go. There's the set. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's all you need to know. If you want to rewind it and listen back to it after hearing how I approached each of those jokes here at the very end as we wrapped up, it might be worthwhile, too, before you uh, move on from this particular episode. But hope you enjoyed it. Hope that was insightful. Would love to hear your feedback uh, on this episode. Please uh, shoot me a note at Twitter. We're at School of Laughs. You can go to the School of Laughs at gmail.com. Shoot me a message. You can go on Facebook and look at School of Laughs. But would love to hear what you thought about this episode, if this would be helpful to do more things like this. And if, uh, you know, what your main takeaway or the most applicable takeaway for you is from this episode. So I can kind of tweak these things as we move forward and make them more relevant for you and topical and timely. And I thought this one was pretty much all three of those things, but that's just me thinking. All right, going to get out here. Thanks again to Kevin Hardy for supporting the podcast through Patreon. You can always jump in and do that. It means a lot to me, and it helps me produce the content. You can go to schooloflaughs.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Also, several have been asking about when I'll put together another uh, fresh 101 class, you know, getting into stand-up writing class, and when I'll do that through Zoom again online. And we're looking at May, and this is going to be a really fun group. I've already got a lot of interest. I'm going to make it a larger onboarding, so as many people that want to get in on it can. Uh, 
Details on that coming soon. Just have to wait for a few more things to settle in schedule-wise before I know which dates I'll be available. But if you're interested in that, make sure you let me know, schooloflass at gmail.com, and I'll put you on the uh, standby notification list and also in the newsletter list. If you're not involved with that, shoot me an email, schooloflass at gmail.com, and put Insider Tips newsletter on there. All right, thanks, take care, stay safe. Stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.